Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast Grand Final Review Edition. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, No Fife, No Life, No Fife, No Life. And cousin, I've got trivia for you. Trivia? All right, let's go. We skipped it last week, but I've got it this week. All right, I'm ready. Who had the highest points per minute? In 2015, was it A, Jack Stephen, B, Tom Rockliffe, A, C, Tom Mitchell, A, or D, Luke Hodge? A. It was A. Yes. <laughs> Jack Stephen. Just knew it straight away. How did you away. know? I just, I know the man. I remember it fondly, Jack Stephen. He was in my team for like half the year. Absolute stud back, yeah. in, back in 2015. He was just a points per minute start. He played like 60% tog heaps as well, I remember. Yeah. Just, just, just got the job done. Got got waddling, got it done. Throwback to one of the, the old school fantasy heroes. But cousin, how are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm good. It's, we made it. It's the end. Yes. It's, it's all over. We've crossed the finish line. We've done it. End of 2023 season. And yeah, we, we limped to the end with our teams. But, you know, here we are. The dogs are barking. We're having fun. We're alive. <laughs> I'm relieved. My actual dogs, not the bulldogs, just to oh, just yes. to confirm. The bulldogs are very much not barking. <laughs> They're whimpering. They missed out on finals, unfortunately, for their supporters. But yeah, I'm a very sickly, very flat, very happy that the season is finished, Keebs today, mate. It's been a it's been a big few weeks. It's been a bad few weeks in well, AFL Fantasy you, Classic. You, you were in hospital over the weekend, so you're an absolute trooper for uh, you know. Man. Pulling it together, getting all these stats together and recording How to do with it me the, today. How to do it for the listeners. Nah, look, to be honest, I've been been complaining a bit. It's been a, it's been a big sad sorry keeps over here, but <laughs> we'll crack on. We'll get through. So, Cuz, why don't you tell us what you scored this week? This week, I scored 25-84. Smashed it, mate. Absolutely smashed it. That's actually what I wish I scored. No, oh, no, it's not. That's right. I forgot. I thought, I thought for a second you had me. Oh, there. mate, I you wish I scored there. that. No, I scored a 24-82. And you'll see, we'll talk about it very soon why why I said 25-84. But yeah, my real score is 24-82. My rank is 9,650th. And my trades were Callum Mills and Himmelberg to Jared Lyons and, <laughs> <laughs> and um, Trelaw. Callum Mills, hey, your best friend. My good mate, we'll talk about him a bit later. But yeah, why don't you talk us through your week? All right, well, this week I scored 23.72, quite flattening. My final rank was 8,843, and my trades were Doc and Zebes to Luke Ryan and Tom Atkins. People will scoff at the name Tom Atkins. It was it was just the week for it. I, I wasn't in a granny. I was like, let's have fun with it, get weird. I thought maybe he could have a decent game against the dogs. He was actually averaging 94 over the last 10 weeks. So there was method to the madness, but I sort of just threw caution to him. I was like, <laughs> let's have some fun with the with the last week, shall we? Well, we both did that, didn't we? Because <laughs> I got in Jared Lyons, yeah. which we will also talk about later. Uh, yeah, silly season. And uh, yeah, it, it did get silly for both of us. 
It did. It definitely did. All right. Well, let's get into our hogs and flogs, mate. We'll start off with the hogs. Who was your hog? All right. Well, firstly, I've got a couple of honorable mentions. So I want to shout out Trelaw on debut for his 131. Thank you very much. And Jack Viney, who's in my team as of last week. You're welcome. Yes, thank you, Keebs. He's he scored a 129 and got motoring in the second half. I think he was on like 30 at halftime or something, like low 30s at halftime. Yeah, he just he flew home. He's he really an, did. He's an absolute beast. But I have to give my nomination this week to Sam Flanders for his 146. That's back-to-back career-high games. What a stud, mate. He's averaged 112.5 in the final seven rounds. Whoa, what a guy. What a guy. We, we always knew it. F you, Stewie Jew. We, <laughs> we knew he had it, big Sammy Flanders. It warms the heart, doesn't it? It does. does. It really yeah, does. It really does. And, I, you know, is he a lock for next year? Yes. I reckon Absolutely. he is. He's going to retain forward status. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, well, when you look at the forwards, you know, the top forwards this year, I don't think any of them are going to retain forward status. Taranto, yeah, Dunkley. Not many. Rosie won't. Butters won't. Yeah, Goulden. Goulden, maybe. A yeah, small chance, yeah, but you, yeah, you just don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, Flanders could be the number one forward next year. It's exciting. It's <laughs> F1. exciting. Crazy, crazy times. It's exciting. All right, cool. I'll get into my hogs. I've got a few. I'll, I'll name name up the one big one, then give a little couple, a couple shout outs. Connor Rosie, though, he's the one this week. 138. I just. I've run out of words to say about this man. I give him a little pump up almost every week. He's just been so solid. I brought him in round two and then rode him through through the year. He just he went on that massive run of tons. I think he had like twelve in a row or something. And then he, he's shown a ceiling at different times as well. So Connor Rose, you've been un, unheralded this year in, in fantasy circles. Haven't probably gotten the love that you deserve, but you're my hog this week. Also wanted to give a shout out to Flanders as you did. Just such a stud. Career high one forty six, backing up from a career high one twenty five. You just couldn't script it. And then a little funny one, because I was in the Dynasty Grand Final this week. I won. I'm the, the Dynasty Premier. It feels good. But Sam Manigola, <laughs> I drafted him at like pick 135 in this year's draft. This is our second year of Dynasty. So overall, he was like pick 400 or something. He didn't play for the entire season until this week, and he scored a 99, and I took his score on my field, and he helped carry me to the promised land in his retirement game. So Sam Manigola, thanks, mate. Thank you so much. Love your work. It was all worth it. <laughs> That's not a name I expected to hear coming in today, but I love it. I, I had to. I had to bring some dynasty content onto the pod this week. Being the premier, mate, feels good. It was. It's my only saving grace for the year, so it was necessary. All right, let's move on to our flogs. <laughs> I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to give an honourable mention to Josh Dunkley for a 78. His last month. Listen to this, Keebs. 81, 61. 102, 78. That's just so shit. That is so shit. And I can't believe I'm the only one in this room that has him. You somehow just avoided this the heartache of, of Josh Dunkley's last month. Yeah, you could call it the site, to be honest. You could, but... <laughs> nah. I'm not calling it that. I'm calling it kissed. Now, nah, look, after the 80 that he dropped, what, four weeks ago, I was like, oh... He doesn't well, no, look, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't he doesn't look. It doesn't look great, does he? I mean, the first two games back from injury, I thought, oh, no, this could be bad if I can't grab him, but... It just, it, yeah, it worked in my favor. So, yeah, props well, to Dunks. Well, I, I had a look back. I actually scored, uh, I actually copped his 137 that he scored in that second week back. Was that the first week you got him? That was the first week I got him. Yeah, because I was looking through and he was actually one of my, he was up there for one of my best, like, 
instant reward trade-ins for the year. Yeah, first week um, after returning. Like we yes, both, yeah, after both returning. obviously owned him earlier in the year. Yeah, but then since then he's just looked flat as. But maybe, maybe making himself cheap enough to consider for next year. I think you could. Do I it. think it's the injury. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so too. To be honest, I reckon you could easily grab him next year. Yep. Even as a mid only, he's what one of four. So, he, I mean, it's, we know what he's capable uh, well, of. Well, we paid we paid more for him this year. Yeah, and he still, to be honest, was a good pick. Like he started slowly, but then went on that solid run of you know ten or so games where he was averaging like one fifteen plus. So, yeah, next year could dunks. be a nice, nice, unique next year. But that's enough talk of my honorable mention. I'm giving my flog award this week to Tim Taranto for his seventy one. The drop off. For Timmy T has just been astounding. He's averaged 87 in his last five. Um, and he went from the number one player in the whole competition up until the buyers to falling all the way to eighth. And Goulden actually pipped him for the number one forward. What a guy, this week. Goulden. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'd love to know. We, we all thought it was a hopper problem, but Jimmy, our mate Jimmy, said something in the chat the other day mentioning that like since Dimmer stopped coaching, Taranto's numbers have dipped. So I'll, I'd be interested in seeing what Taranto's numbers are with and without Dimmer because that seems like the big catalyst for the downswing. That or just maybe he got injured around the same time, but what a poor finish from Timmy T. It's pretty it, disappointing. It is weird because, yeah, you could say like Hopper came into that team Dimmer left, but his role, he's still been like just pure inside mid. So I think it's a combination of everything form and, you know, I think he was carrying a big load for that whole first half of the year. So, you know, probably just getting really tired by the end. Yeah. Any more, any more flogs to shout out? No, that's all done for me. All right. I've got a list. I've got another list. I'm going <laughs> to say the honorable mentions this time and then end with my last flog of the year. So, Luke Jackson, to start off, 80 this week. Dogger. Back-to-back 80s, mate. Just, I hate you. <laughs> I, I chose him over Butters. It's pretty disappointing, to be honest. It's my own fault, but really it's, the. I guess it's like a retrospective flog for not playing better last week in the easy matchup. Just come on, mate. Hate your face. All right, the next one, also Timmy T. Little shout-out for just being a, a stinker to end the year. Jack Steele, 67. Not good enough, mate. Not good enough. I did not bring you in for that. Brought him in after his massive, what, 146 or whatever he scored against Melbourne and then was just average from there. But the one guy I want to give a very special mention to, this is it's going to be interesting. You're going to hear this. Oh, all right. But Sam Doherty, mate, how dare you get injured before the last round of the season? Two times I had to trade you out of my team. Two times. I didn't have any luxury trades in the last round of the season and I couldn't get Tex Walker, who I was super keen on, who dropped a 160 and said I got two absolute death spuds. So Sam Doherty for getting injured at two crap times throughout the year for being just a a general poor captain whenever I gave you sea duties throughout the year. (laughs) This is a year-long bake for Sam Doherty, mate. Not good enough. Not good enough at all. Get your shit together. Come back next year. That's all. Wow, you're fired up. You came in fired up. That was a, that was a nice. That was almost like, more like a bake than a flog award. You know, it was a mix <laughs> of both, but it was deserved. Just a bad time for Doctor. It is a bad time. Yeah. All right. Well, that might segue us nicely into our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. All right, it's time for our favorite angry segment, Hot Bakes and Keebs. I'm going to throw it to you to go first. All right, well, I've got four Hot Bakes and a Hot Praise today. I know you've got a lot for us as well, mate. So <laughs> the listeners are going to have to listen to yeah one final massive long angry rant from both of us. But the first point I want to cover is the tanking talk around 
West Coast and North. Teams in the AFL don't tank. It just doesn't happen. It happened, what, 10, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe. Penalties are applied. Teams don't tank, all right? All the people on Twitter, all the media, West Coast trying to lose games. They try to lose to Essendon. North doesn't want to win games. Guess what? West Coast won last week. North won this week. No one wants Harley Reid. It just annoys me when the, the, the integrity of teams and the game gets questioned because it's not right. It's just it's just factually incorrect to say that, to suggest that players are going out on the field and what not trying or coaches are scheming game plans towards losing. It doesn't happen. You think Adam Simpson wants to get fired? I don't think he does, to be honest. <laughs> no way. I don't think Clarko wants to get fired. I don't think he does. It's just ridiculous. So that's the first point. The second point, people calling for Bevo's head. Luke Beveridge is a premiership coach. He's a grand final coach. They lost to West Coast. It happens. Sometimes teams lose to bad teams. It's unfortunate. It was a rough year for the dogs. It just didn't happen quite the way that the fans would have wanted. But, you know, they lost one easy game. They also lost to the Hawks. It's like they finished ninth, not 15th. Bevo's not getting fired. It's ridiculous to suggest that he would. They made finals last year. They made the grand final the year before. Don't be stupid, people. That is the second hot bake. The third hot bake <laughs> is Sam Mitchell for tagging Luke Ryan before Caleb Sarong and Andy Brayshaw. Are you joking, mate? <laughs> With Finn McGuinness, Finn McGuinness of all people, he's like just the shutdown master. When I sat down on the couch Saturday morning to watch the footy, mate, I was like primed. All right, it's grand final weekend. Let's go. I saw Finn McGuinness walking to the Hawks forward line and I was like, this is concerning. Surely not. Is he? Could he be? <laughs> so I go into my team quickly, edit trades. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's locked. And I'm like, all right, fuck. He's probably not. He's probably not doing it. See him walk over to Luke Ryan and I'm like, oh my God. And then I <laughs> message you, I message the chat and I was like, fuck footy. I'm out for the weekend. I don't care if it's a fantasy grand final. I'm not watching. I deleted Twitter. I deleted AFL Fantasy. I deleted the AFL app. I muted the fantasy chat on Facebook Messenger. I was like, this is bullshit. And then I get a message saying from, from Harry, I think it was from Harry, saying, it's all good, he's moved to strong. And I was like, oh, all right, all right. Okay, maybe I overreacted slightly, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, just a small, tiny, teeny overreaction. He went to Sarong and then I turn back on and I see Blake Hardwick moseying over to him. I'm like, this is weird. Blake Hardwick doesn't really play forward. And then Blake Hardwick tagged him for the rest of the game. <laughs> Are you kidding? Are you kidding, mate? <laughs> Blake Hardwick, who's a defender, went into the forward line to tag Luke Ryan. That is ridiculous. Sam Mitchell, you're a dead set wanker. <laughs> Don't do that in the fantasy grand final. I've sworn a lot. It's going to be bad to edit if we do edit the swearies out this week. I apologize to myself because I'm the one doing the editing this week. <laughs> I'm all over the place, mate. The last uh... one, the last hot bake I want to say, and then I've got to pray, so I'm going to switch it up, is the All-Australian Selection Committee. <laughs> Let me list some of the players here that made All-Australian. Mate, the All-Australian squad. Yeah. Joe Danaher. John Newcomb. Nick Blakey. Luke Jackson. What? Are you kidding? Let me listen. Let me list some of the players that didn't make All-Australian this year. Andy Brayshaw. Sam Taylor. Tim Taranto. Rory Laird. What is going on? What is going on? What games are the committee watching? Luke Jackson kicked 19 goals this year. What, is he a forward? Is he a ruck? He can't be a ruck because Ron Marshall and Tim English just blow him so far off the park. He didn't kick enough goals to be a forward. doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on, but they just need to get a whole new selection committee. Even like literally a fan vote, which is a horrible idea, would produce a more accurate All-Australian <laughs> squad. It is ridiculous. This happens every single year. It's crap. I'm so sick of it. 
That's my last point. I'm going to switch it up and get positive quickly, cousin. <laughs> Hot Praise West Coast for sticking by Simo. Love you, Simo. Love you, West Coast. Just a feel-good story for the week. The anger's out, mate. I'm ready to go for the rest of the pod. I'll throw it over to it's, you. It is a feel-good story. I just want to say that <laughs> going back to your third hot bake, that dummy spit that you talked about um, when <laughs> when Finn McGuinness walked over to Luke Ryan, he was not exaggerating that. I, I looked at my phone and I had about 20 messages from Keeb saying, fuck footy, I'm not watching the rest of this weekend. You know what? I'm going to do that thing that you did last week where I don't watch any of it and we'll, <laughs> we'll make that the content. And he was like sending me screenshots of his team and he's like, just tell me about the VC. Like he had it all lined up and I was like, bro, it, like it started like two minutes ago. Like it's okay. It you don't even know. You don't even okay. know what he's going to score yet, man. You can't you can't be this angry yet. Um, and then it was all good and then it wasn't. But yeah, it was it was a funny, funny chain of events. It was. It was one of the most stressful things I've ever seen. Luke Ryan scored three points in the first quarter. And I know, we know what Finn does. I was like, he's going to score 15 for the whole game. He's going to score 20 for the whole game. He's not going to let him go. Lucky he scraped 86, but it was stressful. But yeah, that was 24 rounds worth of anger at the season that was just thrown out there. I hope you enjoyed it, listeners. Yeah. All right. It's my turn now. And I've got got one... Big one. I guess you could call it two, but it's. I'm, I'm going to structure it like one big one. And the hot bait goes to Callum Mills. Now, I finally got to trade out the useless prick, and he comes and scores a 155. Now, let me walk you through my experience with Callum Mills this year. All right. So, it. firstly, I traded Will Ashcroft to him in round nine, and Mills gets subbed off with a calf injury on three... And what does Ashcroft do? He goes on and scores 109. Yep. Yep. So that initial trade, the first time I got Mills in my team, it cost me 106 points instantly that week and then was an instant force trade. Flat. Now that is already just like a bitter enough taste in my mouth to not want him just ever again. That's just, that's traumatic stuff, cuz. But then in round 18, when I had a last minute forced trade because Titch was out, this was probably... 30 minutes before lockout and it was like minutes before I was about to leave for this traders event. You messaged me saying, Titch is out. You got to do something. And I had my trade plans done all week. Like a good cousin does, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Good on you. (laughs) I had to pivot very last minute and I really wanted my second trade to stick. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get in Callum Mills for the second time this year. I don't really want to do it, but my team's almost complete. I was like, I can just, I can deal with it for maybe two rounds. He was in solid form. He was coming coming off an 85 and a 92. I was like, I'll just carry him for a couple of weeks and then I'll get rid of him. And he went on to average 77 over the next six rounds, which included four scores below 72. And two (laughs) of those scores were in the 50s. That is, that's all time bad stuff for a player who's so bad. It's just, yeah, it makes me sick to think about honestly. Yeah. So come round 24, I've had four trades every week since then. So I haven't had the chance to get rid of Mills. I've used three trades on Mills and he's averaged now 67 in my team if you include that three earlier in the season. I finally get a week where I don't have carnage and I get the chance to offload him and he drops a 155. And you know what's worse than that? The player I brought in was subbed off on 53, meaning that the trade cost me 102 points this week. 102. And that means... If you combine the first week I traded Mills in and then the week that I finally got to say goodbye to him. Forever. 
cost me 208 points from two trades. That's not good, is it? It's <laughs> <laughs> not good, is it? It's actually like all-time bad stuff. I don't know if I'll ever top that. But this leads me to my second hot bake, which is Chris Fagan. Why the hell did you sub Jared Lyons? He had 11 disposals and five tackles in a half of footy. He was on 47 at halftime, got subbed off on 53 with 54% tog. Just... Oh, it's just frustrating. I know I know. Lions is a risk and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll take a risk in the last round of the season. But I just thought anything would be better than Mills, but it cost me 102 points. Yeah. And it's just it's just sad. Just, so Yeah, just just for clarity, I was on board the Lions train and I, I, tr- I did nudge you gently in that direction. <laughs> so I apologize for the part that I played in that, mate. But Dev Robertson had seven disposals in that game. Loman came on as a sub replace lines, had four, kicked two behinds. Zach Bailey had 13 touches, didn't do much. I can't understand why you wouldn't give a player like Lions the opportunity to play himself into form, like into the team for finals. I know he's not, like, hasn't been in the best 22 all year, but there is a little bit of a gap in the midfield. They won the game, like, they were winning. It just doesn't make sense why he subbed him out. It was a, yeah, it was, it was frustrating, let me tell you that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I wrote it with you because I had lines on my field in Dynasty, so yeah. I was I was a bit flat by the sub as well. Just yeah, I couldn't I couldn't really make sense of it either. It's like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you let him try and play himself into some form? We know the, the type of player that he can be. Like two years ago, he was an absolute stud. It's not like he's just lost the ability to play footy. He's old, but he probably just needs like a bit of an extended run in the ones, and he's just not not even getting close to getting it. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it's extra sad because I had the choice between getting Lions and Trelaw. Trelaw was good. He was he, he scored a one thirty one, but it was either Lions and Trelaw, like a big dog, or two like risky. Like I could have got Tex and like Isaac Smith, which would have just been wild. I was on I was on the Tex trade this week. It's yeah. so flattening that neither of us grabbed him, especially after we pumped him up on the pod last week as an option. Um, yeah, I just thought he could be massive against against West Coast. Even even if it wasn't a thrashing, which it kind of ended up being, it was just like surely they're going to feed him, and they did. Yeah, grand finals are weird weeks, man. Weird yeah. stuff happens. Well, so, so many weird scores. So Tex ended up kicking nineteen goals six against West Coast this year, and Charlie Kerno kicked the exact same figures nineteen goals six. That's nuts yeah, for two players to bag that many goals against one team. It's pretty ridiculous. It, it is, is ridiculous. ridiculous, but it's good to know that that didn't like have too much impact on the overall Coleman race. Like they both kicked bags against West Coast twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's a shame that Nick Larkey didn't get the opportunity to play his own team, yes. North Melbourne, yeah, and yeah. have like two easy beats because he probably would have won the Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, one one last little hot bake. This is just this is one that should have happened last week, but I only found out about this news after we recorded last week. But Luke Davies Uniac for injuring his toe surfing and being a late out last week. Selfish. <laughs> Selfish. Don't do that. <laughs> that's uh, that's all I have to say. It's just a little clip. I mean, obviously, you can go surfing, but don't. Just don't be better miss, at it. Don't miss two weeks of footy when your team is just has lost 20 in a row. Be better at surfing. <laughs> well, yeah, look, it was really frustrating to have to trade LDU. The forced trades, man, they just get you every single year. It's so frustrating having these forced trades. It's just I wish there was some way that we could prevent it from happening, but there's just, there's just nothing. You've got to cop it and ride it. It's all part of the game. It's a game of luck and skill. Flat. All right. It's all part of the fun in inverted commas. Yes, fun. <laughs> That's what they're calling it. <clears throat> anyway, that brings us to the end of our hot bakes. And we're going to move on to Knights of the Round Table Season Review. 
When lads of the round table We dance where we're able We do routines to call the scenes To footwork impeccable We dine well here in Camelot We eat ham and jam and spam a lot all right, so we're at the end of the year and we thought, of course, why don't we wrap up, talk about our teams, what's been good, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what's been bad, what's been downright awful. And it's going to be a bit of an award season type review for us. So we're going to go through different categories and we're going to name one player that wins that category for each of our teams. And we're going to start with our best starting picks for this year. Do you want to go first? I will go first. My boy... The Ginger Ninja, Tom Green. I love you so much, Tom. He had a career best year. He averages 110 and he was just a terrific pick. The best thing about it, the thing that made it so much more enjoyable was he came into my team on the day he locked out for the season. It was a late change. We preach no late changes. We preach it all the time, but that was the one that I made this year that worked out well for me, and it was such a joy to watch him each and every week. When he got injured, I had to get rid of him, eventually brought him back and got to ride him out for the rest of the season, but Tom Green, just wanted to give him a shout-out as my best starting pick. Nice mid-priced midfield who had just turned into an absolute uber primo. He was incredible on the weekend as well. He will probably be a Brownlow medalist one day. He's incredible. He's like... Paddy Cripps, like that's the closest description. It's the description everyone makes, but he's genuinely better already. Like he just, he's just an absolute animal. He's an animal. (laughs) It's the only way to describe it. All right. So my best starting pick for this year, I've got a couple of special mentions, a couple of honorable mentions. First, Jordan Dawson started with him at 893K and he averaged 113 and was pretty unique as a defender. So honorable mention, Jordan Dawson. Another honourable mention, Rowan Marshall. Now, he's very popular, so that's why I'm reluctant to give it to him. Shout out Rowan Marshall he was 808k at the start of the year. That's cheaper than I thought he was, and he averaged 115. But the award goes to, and I think a lot of people would be giving this award to, Errol Goulden. 735k, number one forward, averaged 112, absolute Stud, absolute freak, monster ceiling to just dropped so many massive games like one twenty plus. Yeah. Just yeah, once he got rolling, his the season just was unstoppable for Errol. So yeah, he he wins the award for me for best starting pick. I think it, what seven thirty five k would be like low eighties as like a starting figure. Yeah, eighty two. I think he was priced at. So what he put like thirty points on that. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, it is. That's huge. So I mean, he has he has to win that award for me. Errol Goulden. All right, the next category for us is our worst starting picks. Who have you got, Keebs? <sighs> I don't want to talk about this guy. I'm sick of saying his name. <laughs> I haven't said his name for weeks and weeks, but Angus Brayshaw, you motherfucker. <laughs> I will never forgive you what you did to me this year. He averaged like 75 in my team from 10 rounds. It was painful every week watching him run out in the park. 40s, 50s? Gus, what, who, what, oh, the worst thing about it, the thing that made it so much worse was after I traded him, he went on to average almost a hundred for the rest of the year. So he was just like career worst Angus Brayshaw, horrible form, traded him out, back to being primo Gus. And he is, him and one other person who I'm pretty sure you're going to mention, I've saved him for you. Um, They're basically the entire reason that my season was just lost from the get-go. Like, I was solid in round one, but after that, just all went missing. And it's because I had two guys in primo spots in defense who just 
70s and 60s and just continually were bad each and every week. So worst starting pick, Angus Brayshaw. I hate you so much. Fair enough on that one. All right. And you you were correct. <laughs> the award for me goes to Andy McGrath. We both had him. Now, we both owned him for eight games exactly. I remember we traded him out in the same week and he averaged 75.6 for both of us in those games. And listen to these scores. 81, 88, 79, 65, 84, 67, 66, 75. I will have none of that in my team. He didn't even crack 90. We were like, I think he could average 90 this year. No, couldn't even crack it in our teams. Pathetic, Andy. And uh, yeah. So pathetic. So worst, pathetic, mate. Worst starting pick for me by a long shot. Just just quickly, the things that make those two picks, well, the pick of McGrath specifically for both of us so bad was that we picked him over Nick Dacos. And the swing at the start of the year was like 40 points on average. Like that that one choice cost us both like 400 points. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. And then for me personally, the, the player I was tossing up with Gus was Dawson. And that cost me a lot of points. I end up getting Dawson early, but still just having those two guys in primo spots underperforming so badly, just it ruins your whole year. Yep. All right. Our next category is best trade-ins for the season. So best players that you picked up during the year. I've got two. I couldn't split them. One is Sam Flanders. Picked him up in round 20. 111.6 the man averaged from then just so good so good a guy i've always had a bit of a soft spot for so to actually own him in classic and for him to just perform that well was such a win such a nice win the other one i wanted to give special mention to another guy who i think probably doesn't get as much love as he should especially not this year jack sinclair what a guy i picked him up after their buy i owned him for i think 11 rounds and he averaged 100 maybe 12 or 13 rounds. Um, And he averaged 107.9 in my team. That is massive, like uber, uber defender primo stuff. Um, He was, I think, in the top three defenders in that time. So he was good, you know, basically every single week. Didn't drop any bad scores in my team. So Jack Sinclair, just grabbed him at the right time and got to to have the chockies. Lovely stuff. Yep. For me, special shout out to Sam Flanders. I also earned him for five games for an average of 111 and I picked him up. I think we got him the same week for 621K. It's just beautiful stuff. But the winner for me, undisputed, Ben Keys. Baba Yaga. 98.14 average from six games. But here's the kicker. We picked him up before the buys at 542K. And he made us over 200K. I think he made us like 250K or something. Um, just, yeah, saved our buys. And I know we, we looked at it just earlier off air. We both had incredible buys this year. I think you went up 3,000. Yeah, 3,000. I went up 2,500. And basically, that's all because of our boy, Ben Keys. So he wins the award for me as the best trade-in for this year. Okay, next category is worst trade-ins for the season. Who have you got? There was a few that could have had this in my team. The one I've decided to give it to was Zeebs in round 22. He averaged 89 for me in the two games that I owned him at the back end of the year. Obviously owned him at the start of the year. But the reason that it burnt me so badly was because he didn't show the ceiling that I was hoping for. And he, he him along with Doc is the reason that I didn't have any luxury trades for the granny. Um, and yeah, ended up copping two 80s when I could have copped a 160. So just at the back end of the year when I was sort of, you know, pretty consistently climbing rank and having solid end. I had a bad last week. And the main reason for that was that my, my trades were hamstrung. And that was because I traded in Zeebs who was average in the games he played. So 
Zebes, as much as I hate to say it, he's the one that I've I've given it to. All right, for me, this award, a couple of special mentions. Jack Steele, he averaged 97 in my team and I picked him up in round 13 when there were a handful of primos I could have got. Brad Crouch being one of them. Um, another special shout out to Bailey Smith, who I've almost completely erased from my memory, but he averaged 79 from four games. But the winner has to go to Callum Mills, 67 <laughs> from seven games. I hate him. And he's the, he was my worst trade-in this year. Twice I traded him in, actually. So my worst trade-in twice. Callum Mills. All right, the next category is the biggest miss for the season. Who have you got? Nick Dacos, move on. <laughs> I, don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about it. I did. I own him for like five rounds. He averaged like mid-90s in my team because of the injury. Didn't have him at the start when he was dropping all his massive scores. It hurts. I don't want to talk it about hurts. It. Yeah. Well, he. To be honest, he would be one of my biggest misses. I never owned Rosie all year. Yeah, that, that hurts. That does hurt. Hunt, we missed out on English. I didn't start with, but I picked him up pretty early. Missed but, all. I missed all of Sicily's big scores as well. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, that's true. That's all right. That's okay. I forgive you. But my biggest miss, I have to give it to Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Average one seventeen. But the reason it hurts so much is because. I kept saying it all preseason, Brownlow Bont, Brownlow Bont. We're going to see Brownlow Bont this year. He's going to play full-time mid. He's going to be massive. I gave the stats of what he's averaging like half a season when he's been full-time mid, but I didn't go through with it. For some stupid reason, we chose McRae. We chose McRae. Yeah. So Bont, Bont is just the most painful miss for me because he was second highest scoring player for the whole season. Didn't miss a game. Awesome captain option. Just everything you'd want out of an Uber Primo. And I was just so close. So, so close to starting with him. So, Bont. Yeah, Hurts. Just on Bont. He really got himself cheap as well after the first four rounds. Had like a slow start to the year and then just went bonkers. That one hurts me as well because I chose Josh Kelly over him. In that week, right? Yeah. In round four? In the week when he like really started to turn it on. So that, yeah, that one hurts for me as well. Um, just because Bont's our boy. And Josh Kelly was just not, he just didn't do the He's job. not our boy. Not anymore. Nah. All right. So the next category is our chosen MVP for the season. Yeah. I just want to, I'll, I'll say before we get into this, I have gone over our hogs and flogs for the entire year. I, I trawled through every single Cousins episode, found our hogs and flogs for the year and made our official MVPs and also LVPs, just horrible last yuck players. Um, so yeah, we're going to choose the players that we, I, I guess, want to win morally yep. that we love, and then going to have the actual stats of who we voted for the most in our hogs and flogs. Yeah, I'll go with mine first, my chosen MVP, and I've given it to two players. I could not split them. I love them both so much. It's Connor Rosie and Tom Green for what they've done for me throughout the course of the year. Tom Green, as I said before, was my best starting pick and has just broken out to become an uber, uber primo mid. And Connor Rosie, I got him round two, so he couldn't be my best starting pick, but had a career best year by a mile. Average 106, showed a ceiling, was consistent. I couldn't split those two guys. Just they both were so solid for me week in, week out. So they're the two that I wanted to show some love to. Yep. All right. My MVP, it goes to Jordan Dawson. Um, I mean, what do you say? He was he was easily the best defender. Um, I picked him at the start of the year and like he was pretty unique. So I'm just happy about that. But 113 average as a defender is just enormous stuff. But he he just had, he went on an absolute tear in the middle of the year that if you didn't have him, you just you got left behind. 
So Jordan Dawson, you're my MVP for this year. A better name for this award would have been like the Coach's Award or That's, something. And let's so, call it that. The Coach's, coaches Award. award. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're going to just backpedal, not MVP, Coach's Award. That is the Coach's Award. Yeah, just because, you know, we, we did actually do votes throughout the course of the year. And it's kind of weird to have like MVPs in different categories. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this co- is just our personal. Award. We're, we're yeah. happy. We're happy we had these guys. Yeah, because if it was just the guy who you know averaged or scored the most points in team, we we both both probably would have had Rowan Marshall yeah. or or Goulden, who were both awesome. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just the guys that you have the soft spot for. Yeah, as well. exactly, exactly. All right, so why don't you segue onto our hogs and flogs review for this season? <laughs> All right, it's our 2023 Hogs and Flogs review. Like I said, what I did was I went back through every single episode of the pod. I took our main hog and flog from each week and then added it up to see who had the most votes, basically. I just gave the players one for each. Didn't get fancy with it. Um, do you want to hear the 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 king hogs or the, I don't know, worst flogs? Yeah, let's do hogs first. Hogs first. All right, so I'll go... We had some. We had a lot of ties. You especially had a lot of ties. But what I'll do is I'll give. <laughs> I'll just give the top in each category because it was so close. So your co MVPs, your co hog official MVPs for the year were five players: <laughs> Rowan Marshall, Jack Steele, Jordan Dawson, Zach Merritt, and Jack Zebel. Oh God! Shout out to the five. The five Jados. As if Steel's in there. <laughs> leadership leadership group for the year. Yeah. I put Weird. him down as one of my worst picks for the year. Yeah, and you voted for him twice as a hog. <clears throat> so I, I didn't combine the votes. I just did them, like kept them separate. So if you got good votes and bad votes, you could feature in both categories. Okay, I get you. I get you. I just thought like, you know, when you're giving out the Brownlow medal for say, like per se. Not you don't lose votes. Yeah, you can't lose votes. You can just All gain right. them. So I just thought you can gain them in both categories. I think next year when we do this, we'll, we'll do like a three, two, one and make it more of like an official voting system. I like it. This was just a crazy like 10 p.m. thought I had, spent a couple of hours just compiling it. But yeah, there you go. They're your, your co-hogs. <laughs> it's funny that I had five. I think it's because... I make an extra special effort to give it to different people so that I talk about different people every week. Yes. And maybe that's why Jack still featured in there a couple of times. Yeah. Because I because I just I kept making him a flog as well. Share the love. But that's not what coaches do in real life. They play favorites. You've got to play favorites. Yeah. You have to play favorites. That's what I did this year. And I'll tell you what, I had two co second place finishes on three votes. Your your winners had two votes or yeah, my, my two second place finishers had three votes. Brad Crouch and Marcus Windhager. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it. Surprisingly. Pretty crazy, pretty unexpected, but yeah. Can I have a guess? Windy, who the winner was. Is it a single winner? It is a single winner. I All played right. favourites. Yes, you played favourites. You see, I want to I wanna say that it's Tom Green. It is Tom Green. <laughs> he won the Coach's Award and the MVP. Clean swept it this year. I love the man so much. He, you know, he's probably my favorite player now. Just in the AFL. You decided just then. Yeah, just in the <laughs> AFL, in fantasy. I love the man. I love the way he goes about it. I love that he tackles. I love that he's just a big, beefy boy. I love that he hits a scoreboard. I love that he's a ginger. He's just a beautiful man in every sense of the word. So Tom Green, he was my just hog, ultimate hog. That's what I'm going to call it. Ultimate hog. I'm workshopping a name <laughs> as we're going through. Tom Green, the ultimate hog. You know what's funny, actually? Just a, just an aside. You, mate, you're funny. I am hilarious. <laughs> but 
In our ultimate hog, <laughs> the very first or second ep, we actually said that Tom Green was in the hog squad when we like didn't yeah. really know what we wanted to do with the hog squad yet. And we're like, Tom Green, he looks like a hog. He's got a hog. He's in the hog squad. Guess what? He's the ultimate hog now, baby. <laughs> Tom Green, we did it. We did it, my man. All right. That was a beautiful full circle moment right there. It was. Back to it? our first episode. How good. It's beautiful. How good. All right. I'll get into the the LVP. I don't know. Least valuable player was what I was calling it, but I want a different name. Let's workshop a name right now. Ultimate flog. Go ultimate flog. Yeah, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it? Look, it does make sense. I thought it was going to be a back and forth thing, but you just hit me with it and it's the best name. So we're going to go with it. The ultimate flog. Now, cousin, you had a, a three-way tie for second and then one player who stood out above the rest as the ultimate flog. The three-way tie was Mills... Dunks and Josh Kelly. Okay. The winner, the ultimate flog for Jados for the NFNL KFKLs this year was Andy McGrath. Yeah. Deserved. It's, yeah. <laughs> Thoroughly deserved. deserved. And I think we've talked about him enough. We have talked Good about riddance. him so many times this year. Now, I had a, like a seven way tie for second. There was just so many players that got two votes for me. Not seven, maybe like five, but so I'll just skip over them. There was a few. I had a two-way tie for first for the ultimate flog, and it was Andy McGrath and Gus Brayshaw. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> the biggest dickheads of the year. Round of applause. Just a sad a sad round of condolence. Yeah. Not applause. Just, yeah, there you go. That's it. That's well, the it, ultimate flog. It's, it's nice that your nominated flogs wound, wound out to be your, you know, your, uh, your voted... Your most voted flogs. They there did. we go. The words came to me eventually. <laughs> it's been a bit of a sloppy segment, but I hope it comes out well. I hope it comes out well. Another sloppy segment. Yeah. Ultimate flogs. Though. What's that? Comes what is that? It's the sound of hooves. It's time for our baby giraffe check-in. Giraffe. 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 All right, our final baby giraffe check-in. I couldn't do our last episode without checking in with him. Riley O'Brien, as we like to say, is unrivaled on the pitch and is etching an everlasting legacy as the unequivocal paragon of fantasy greatness. Now, West Coast is who he played this week, and historically, they're one of his favorite teams. But the great man scored 71, tax subbed. He was giving Bailey Williams the absolute work, though. Was just getting all in his face, just rubbing him up the wrong way, being a big, big boy, pushing him around. But yeah, tax up. I think maybe Nix was just like, yeah, pack it in, big fella. You've had a, you've had a long year. It must have been surely. Yeah. If, if it was Dom, I didn't actually watch. See, because when I saw this, I got sad. I was like, oh, it's our final check in. Big Rob loves West Coast. And then I saw he got tax subbed and I was like, oh dear. Is that how we're going to end oh, the year? Oh dear. Oh dear. Riley. But if he was dominating, then let's, uh, I'll believe you. I'll yeah. believe you that he was just chopping up. Shout out, Rob. Got a rest. We love a, well, a well-earned rest. Enjoy your off season, Riley. Yes, do. Do that. All right. I will move us on to the Cousins Crystal Ball. And this week, it's something different, but I'll uh, sting it. <laughs> He will return tonight. Sorry. Okay, Jados, this past week, you said 
Tim English would back up his 145 with a 140 plus score. He scored 98. What have you got to say for yourself? I'm disappointed, Tim. You let me down. You let NFNL, KFKL down. Not good enough, mate. You let the listeners down. Hurts, doesn't it? He was my C last round of the season. It's not great, is it? All right. Well, this week I said that any one midfielder would score 170 plus. The highest was sort of Isaac Smith. He's a forward mid, does have mid status, 160. The highest mid only was Callum Mills, (laughs) 155. Almost. Hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, I was close, but not close enough. Okay, what we're going to do now, because there's no more bold predictions to make, we will have a couple of, you know, just general predictions, not bold ones, coming up. (laughs) Soft predictions. Yes, we'll call them that. But we're going to review every single prediction we made over the course of the year and see how we did, see who scored the most, see who won the Cousins crystal ball for the year. Are you ready? I'm pumped. I actually... So... I do not know who, who's come out on top. I know I was leading, but you had a couple of season-long predictions, which I don't know how they how they turned out because there's too many to keep track of. I think you said there was nine. we made 19 predictions each. We did. We, Something like that. We made 19 <laughs> predictions each, Mage. So, Mage, yeah, Mage. <laughs> so Keebs knows who won. I, I don't, don't know. I so don't we're know. about to find out. I want you to guess what you think the final score was before we get into this and who won. See, I think I got like two or three. I don't think I got more than that. I'm going to say I got three and you got... I'm going to say three. I'm going to say we tied. You reckon we tied? Okay. All right, here we go. I know we were close. So do you want to go round for round or do you want to go all yours and all mine? No, let's go round for round. Round for round. Okay, round nine. You said Tim English will be crowned as the next pig this year. He did not. No. He was not crowned. No point. As the next pick this year, flat. I said Dom Sheed will average 90 plus for the rest of 2023. He averaged 92.9 in his games. That's one for Keebs. No way he did that. Dom Sheed, what a man. For the rest of the year. Keebs on the board. He did, mate. He uh, he didn't play every game, but the rest of his games that he played, 92.9. I didn't say he would play every game. That wasn't part of the How many did he play? Eight? Nine? All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I've, it's given to me, Matt. I've already done the scoring. You're just in for the ride <laughs> at this point. I'd like to think this is still an open discussion. <laughs> All right, we'll, work, we'll workshop it. <laughs> just like this segment always is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, round 10. Round 10. You said Rory Atkins holds his spot in the team until the end of the buyers and goes 85 plus cousin. <laughs> he scored. He averaged 59. Oh, God. In that time. He did hold his spot on the team, but he did not average 85 plus, unfortunately. <laughs> it kind of hurts because he did actually come home really strong. He, he probably did average 85 plus after the buys. Yeah, when he came back into the team. He was <laughs> fantastic, but that's a cross for you, That was not my prediction, though. Now, I said, Ollie Wines' first time would come in round 17. I made that prediction in round 10. It did not come in round 17. He scored... 87, bit flat. The the nink and poop didn't get the job done for me. All right, round 11. You said Gus Brayshaw would be in the top three highest averaging defenders until the end of the buyers. He only averaged 86.5. I haven't done the numbers on where he was on that list, but it wasn't top three. No. (laughs) Unfortunately, mate, unfortunately. All right, now I said in round 11 that... Jai Simpkin 
and Hugh McGluggage would go 97 plus from round 11 until the end of the year. Jai Simpkin, 69. It's not good. He got injured three separate times, Jai Simpkin. Just let me down. Hugh McGluggage, 98.5. That's a half point for Keebs. That's a half point for Keebs. All right. I'll pay it. I was going to say that the prediction was for both of them. Yeah, but and the Simkin one was so far off that I don't think you deserve half a point. It's a it's a two it's a two point prediction, cousin. So that technically it's two predictions then. Well, yeah, I guess then. So I made twenty and you made nineteen. That's unfair. It's not. It's unfair. a rigged game. It's the way <laughs> the game goes. I I set it as a two part single prediction, so it's halves. You can do halves. You can do halves. You, hey. Yeah. Okay. So for example, what about my. Rory Atkins one where I said he'd stay in the team and average something. That's a two-part prediction yeah, but and he stayed in the team. So I get half a point for that. Yeah, but the issue with that... No, t- tell me that's different. It is, tell I'm, me how that's I'm different. I'm about to tell you how it's different now. So if you brought in Simpkin and McGluggage, right? When I said that, Simpkin goes out. You're like, well, that's a fucking shit. <laughs> that's a shit pick, Simpkin. McGluggage, excellent pick. Phenomenal pick. Rory Atkins, if you brought him in that week, you're like, what is this dog doing in my team? He sucks. If you brought him in for that period, you would be a miserable man. That is, I think, the deciding factor. No, that's not fair. We should have got a- Because it's a prediction. We should have got a third party to oversee this. Because we're (laughs) going to argue till the end of the pod. Yeah, till the end of time, This is going to be an hour-long segment. It it very well might be. It could be. Uh, Your your prediction, if we're getting into the like general theme of it, was that Atkins would be a good pick, and he was not. A, he was not. A good I never pick. said that. Did I use those words? No, but that's not <laughs> what we're talking. About. We're talking about implied terms. I just studied contract law. Don't mess with me, cousin. <laughs> it doesn't count. You can't have it. I'm sorry. This there's going to be more to argue, so we can. I I, just, I think it's fair that way. <sighs> all right, all right, keep going. All right, but you can hold that in the back of your head if you want. Okay, we'll move on again. Now, round 12, you said Ben Keys would go 90 plus for five games and maintain a midfield role. You said that before round 12. He averaged 107. But if you want to break it down like you wanted to for Atkins, he did not maintain a midfield role. I'm giving you the point. I'm giving you the point. No, objection to that point though. He had at least a CBA in every single game. That's not a midfield role, mate. It's pushing not up, pushing up as a high half forward. You've got to have getting into the contest. It's not a midfield role. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I gave you the point. I he, did give you the point. But I'm just saying, if you want to break it down, if we're going to break all the predictions down, that's only a half point. But then you need you need to come up with a definition of of how many CBAs qualifies as a midfield role. At least thirty percent. Okay, I reckon that's I reckon that's a fair fair assessment. Maybe. All right. I, w- I would say one I, CBA. But I, ga- I gave it to you. I gave you the full all point. All right. All right. I'll take the, the point. point. I'll take the point and run. All right. I said Ollie Wines would average 93 plus from round 12. He averaged 76.7. The big fatty dogged me twice. <laughs> bit flat about it, cousin. Bit flat. Now, I also said in round 12 that Zach Merritt would go 150 plus and he dropped a 155. That's another point for Keebs. He did it against North. Feels good. Feels good. Anything to say? Not carry on. Nothing to say. All right. It, it does get a little tricky because in some rounds you did two, some rounds I did two, but we both did do 19 each for the season. All right. Moving on to round 13. Now, in round 13, you said Jack Steele would go 130 plus 88. 
Mm. 88. Not my finest. Feels bad, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. You also said Tim Taranto would end the ton run in round 13. 129 he dropped. Ah. Yeah, that one stings. He did end it, what, two weeks later? Three weeks later? Yeah, it wasn't much later, but... I knew it was coming. No Unf- one believed me. Unfortunately, it was they- the boldest of all of all bold predictions, <laughs> and uh, just wasn't the right the right week. Flat. All right, I said in round thirteen, Andy Brayshaw one forty plus. He dropped a flat ton one zero zero. No points for Keebs there. Mm. Now round fourteen, you said. My favorite bold prediction for the entire year, by the way, Zach But <laughs> This is when you discovered the site. The site came <laughs> I to remember. You for the first time, it popped into your mind and you, you woke up just knowing that Zach Butters would get subbed with an ankle injury on exactly 54 in the second quarter in round 12. He played out the whole game and he scored 77. He did get injured. He did. Can I, can I get half a point for that? You got half a point before. No, because you said, I'm going to take you back to the week. I, I was like, mate, like, do you want any leeway? Any leeway, like, just just an injury, like, goes off, gets up, and you said no. This is an exact prediction. <laughs> this is going to happen exactly. You can't overrule the prediction. I was, I was a stubborn, stupid boy. I was too, <laughs> too arrogant for my own good. Please give me that point. Oh, you can't have I it. I beg he for got, mercy. No, he got like he literally went off with the injured symbol, came back on, and played out the rest of the game. <laughs> you can't get. You just don't get points for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially when you're like, no, this is <laughs> an exact <laughs> prediction. All right, all right. Perhaps equally as funny. I said in the same round that Clayton Oliver would return with a 130 plus, and he did not play for the next seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Big misses by us both in round 14. Round 15, you said Nat Fife would score 100 plus. He scored 73. It's good for him. Good by his standards. Look, it's, that's, it's, that's a Nat Fife ton, actually. It's not the worst, is it, to be honest? It's a relative ton. It was, it was one of his better scores for the year. <laughs> now, I boldly predicted in round 15 that Jack Steele would be in the top eight mids from then till the rest of the year. He actually averaged 98.5, which is better than what it was looking like after that, immediately after that. Yeah. But he was nowhere near the top eight mids. Nowhere no. near the top eight mids. No. All right, I think we might play some guessing games just to, just to you know, break it up, keep it a little bit fresh. Now, in round 16, you said Jack Steele would score exactly 113. He would have seven marks, seven, seven tackles, sorry, four marks, and a snag exactly to the T. That was what he was going to score. And I thought, you know what? I went through it for the, for the, you know, just for the fairness of it all. I'll give you a point for every little stat that you got correctly in that line. Not a full point, but like a quarter point because you made okay, four, four predictions in one. All right. He had 87 points. <laughs> Six tackles. So he missed, oh. missed out by one. Three marks. Oh. So he missed out by one. And a point. So he also missed out by one. So you get donuts there, mate. That's torture, mate. That is torture. Unfortunately, he he was (laughs) one off on three of the categories. Now, do you want a score update or are we going to save it for the end, for the anticipation of it all? I think you're winning that. But no, no, save it. To see see who wins. All right. You also said in round 16 that Titch would be a top eight mid from then to the rest of the year. Oh, dear. He averaged (laughs) 79.4. 
Not your finest work there, cousin, if I do say so myself. Now, in round 16, I also had a steal prediction. The site came to me and I said that he would get subbed out. On 79, at the start of the fourth with load management, we know what he scored. He played out the game. It did not happen. Bit disappointing there. I also predicted that Gus Sheldrick would average 85-plus from round 16 till the end of the year. He played two games at a 69.5 average. Didn't get the job there. All right, we're, f- we're flying through, man. We are flying through. We're absolutely flying through. Okay. Now, round 17 was the round that you were not here, and Mark... I did one on my behalf. Did one on your behalf, and he boldly predicted that Andy Brayshaw would be the highest averaging mid by the end of the season. Where do you think he landed on that list? He was top eight. Yeah, surely. Yeah, he was. Sixth. He was fifth. Okay. Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Fifth, but, you know. I almost said fifth, but I guess I don't have the sight. He was good. He was solid, but he did not get the job done. I said in round 17 that Led would bounce back after a poor game with a 145 plus. He scored 116. Flattening. All right. Now, round 18, you said Jared Lyons would score 100 plus. What do you think he scored? Oh, it wasn't great. It was in the 70s from memory. 76. No point there. No point. (laughs) No point. All right. I said in round 18 that Callum Mills Mills, would go 112 plus. Do you know what he scored? Guess. Probably shit. Oh, that was the week I got him in, right? 71. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Oh, how could I forget? Correct. Okay. Do I get a point for that? You don't don't get a point (laughs) for that, mate. All right. Round 19, you said Dunks would score 130 plus. He scored 112. No point there. Round 19, I said LDU would be a top eight mid from there till the rest of the year. He averaged... 103.4. 103.4. Didn't get there. Was around the mark, but not quite. Okay, round 20, Jados. You said Bont would score less than 97. He scored 86. You I get a point. remember. You yes. get a point. There's a point for you, Jados. Round 20. How does it feel? Oh, it feels good because that was a bold one too. He was absolutely braining it at that point. And I was like, you know what? He's not doing it this week. I remember it looked dicey. I willed him. I manifested that score. Yeah, he had a big first quarter and then Callan Ward of all people put the clamps on him. Yeah. Shout out Callan Ward. Yeah. All right, round 20, I said Himmelberg, Emailberg would score 120 plus. <laughs> Scored 62. <laughs> That's a fair miss from Keebs. Bit flat, bit flat. And it was your VC as well, I remember. He was my VC, but you know. We don't talk about that. <laughs> All right, round 21, you said Darcy Parrish would not be in the top six scoring players in that game. He was second. I remember, yes. He was second. All right, round And tw- you said it wasn't bold enough. I, I did. You we, we, we went back and forth for like 10 minutes on that one. We did, we did. But it, it, either it's way, right. it would it was, Yeah. All right, now, round 21, I said Matt Crouch would average a 100 plus 100 plus from round 21 until the end of the year. Now, cousin, he averaged within one point of that. Do you think I got it or not? I think he did. He did not. He didn't. He averaged 99.5 from round 21 until the rest of the year. Yes. 99.5. He was literally a tackle away, a handball away from getting it, and he did not get it. 
Matt Crouch. He, he stunk it up with a 74 in the granny to cost me that prediction. I was up and about. I was chuffed. I was like, I've got this in the bag. Matt Crouch let me down. That one hurt me so badly. That wow. was pro- Scores are tight then. It's tight, mate. It is, it is genuinely tight. It's as tight as it gets. Now, round 22, we both made two bold predictions. You said Callum Mills would go 110 plus 69. No. You also said Zebes would go no. 115 plus 90. No, I remember. Unfortunately, mate, no points there. I said Merritt to go 140 plus. He scored a 90. I said Zebes would score at least one 140 plus score from there till the end of the year. He did not. He scored an 88 and a 90. Now, we're coming down to the last two rounds, cousin, and it's tight. Let me tell you, it is as tight as it gets. Now, round 23, you said Tim English would go one. 45 plus and he scored a 146 yes just to nudge nudge himself over that line i said the bont would go 140 plus and he went 140 on the dot we both got one in the same week you would not read about it you absolutely (laughs) would not read about it now our last bold predictions we've already been over them you said English 140 plus in round 24 he didn't get it i said one midfielder to score 170 plus didn't get it they did not get it so the scores are tallied, cousin. Do you have any last-minute grievances that you would like to file with the complaints board? I feel like this butters thing is going to cost me. I feel like it's close. The but the oh, you're just having a, like an absolute silly prediction you made. No, no, that, that you're not giving it to me. You're not giving me half a point for it. Yeah, because what do you mean? Oh, I know, anyway, <laughs> it's not even close. He, <laughs> he he went off with the injured tag, came on, played the rest of the game. He didn't do an ankle. He didn't get subbed out. But he had a shit score. And yeah, like but, what you said before t- about implied was, predictions. about It was 23 points more. Yeah, but the whole and, point was... And the week you said it, you said this is an exact prediction. Oh. Maybe I could have given you some leeway if you didn't say that. But you did say it, mate. <laughs> All you, right. You did say it. I guess it's a lesson learnt. The scores are tallied now. Don't be bold. Be soft with your predictions. That's what Keebs wants. What do you mean? What do you mean? That's I'm what sorry. he's promoting. I'm a, I'm a fair score. He's promoting leeway I and score, softness. I score it fairly. Now, cousin, do you have who do you, who do you think won now? Do you have are you, do you want to change? I'm sulking already. I know it's you. All right, so <laughs> you <laughs> look too smug you for it not to you be don't you. Know that. Maybe I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking you maybe in the I'm eyes smug. and I know it's you. I know you way too well. Maybe I'm smug. You're hamming it up so much, cousin. Who do you think it is? No, you gotta you gotta add suspense onto the pod. Maybe, maybe I'm just happy for my cousin because he won something. And I care about you, mate. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, so cousin, you scored three out of nineteen. I feel like you know, can, considering how outlandish many of our predictions are, three of nineteen is a solid effort. <laughs> we'll take that. I scored three point five. Oh, I knew it. I knew this stupid point five business was for 3. a reason. 5. I knew it was it's for a reason. Locked in. It's a fact. It's a stone cold fact. Keebs is a wizard. I've got the sight. You don't have the sight. It's it's with me. I feel it. Professor Trelawney, shower me. Shower me in love. He will return tonight. He has returned with the sight. It's Keebs. He did it. I did it. All right. Cool. Enough gloating. Let's move on. It is time for fan. Oh, wait. No. We have predictions about... Uh, we have soft predictions, remember? Yeah. Soft, soft predictions. <laughs> Before I segue us on. We need a sting. It's been a messy, messy pod. Nah, nah. 
Nah, nah. It's been solid, solid right <laughs> the way through. This is our best work. This is our best work. Solid right the way through. All right, cousin. Well, I'll ask you now. We're going to do our soft predictions. Maybe we'll maybe we'll start off our bold prediction tally for next year with these if we get them. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, get some get some bonus points on the board. I've gone a bit weird with one of mine, so we're, we're just going to pick the Brownlow medalist and the Premier. See, mine was sort of a bit silly as well, but now I'm thinking I should predict more. No changes. All right. No late changes. <laughs> no changes. I, I made one. Look, I made one sort of silly one and one serious one. Okay. All right. So, who have you got for the Brownlow? Brownlow Bont. I've That's also what I've got written here. I've also got Brownlow Bont. We've gone the same. I want Goulden to win it because then I can retire early. <laughs> but, you know, Bont, Bont's the sensible pick. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got the same. So there you go. We, we, we'll both either start on one or zero from that next year. Who have you got for the, for the Premier? Who's going to be win the, win the cup, hoist the cup in September? I've got a slightly weird one and it's Melbourne to go all the way. All right. That's and not, Jack Viney as finals MVP. That's not that weird, I don't think. I reckon that's that's top four. Solid. Yeah, I've got a weird one. Okay, go. Carlton. I don't think it's that weird either, though. They they finish fifth. It's it's just a bit yeah, harder. Yeah, but they've just been storming home. I just got a feeling, man. I got a weird feeling about Carlton this year. Yeah, they've been they've been excellent. I don't I don't blame you. That I had a little tingle about them too. Should we make Should we make more more predictions? More. Just, just kick off the year. All right, who scores more? Fly. F- who scores more fantasy points or the most fantasy points over finals? Oh. Pendles. Pendles? Yeah. Let's say let's say who has the highest points from three games, if that makes sense. Because some t- some teams will play more games than others, if you know what I mean. So do you want to go average or just the most points then? As in if one player... Uh, we could go average, but you have to play at least two games. Or we could just go total. I, wanted to, I think we just go total fantasy points for the finals. So you're kind of predicting who's going to... But what if it's lo- a top... A, like a top four team that wins the first week, so they get a week off. Yeah, they'll still play three games. Can I'll we just can what? we just say like it's pretty unlikely that a team will play four games. Can we say the it best, the most points, like the most points a player has scored from three games? It's just too weird to figure out. Why you got to be weird about? It? <laughs> I can just go most points. All right, because it's it's unlikely that a team is going to win all the way through to the granny from fifth to eighth. Like it, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think Carlton's going to go well, but. A team who plays three games and wins a flag could easily have the highest. Or we could just go highest averaging player who plays three plus games. Let's do that. All right. Let's do that. I feel like it's more fair. We're waffling again. We are. It's what we do, mate. It's what we do best. All right. Yeah. Highest family trait, genetic trait. Highest averaging player to play three plus games. Viney. Viney. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go Max. Max. Okay. I like it. I like it. All he's right. A, he's a finals stud. He's a bit of a final stud. Okay, cool. That wraps up the Cousins of Crystal Ball for the year. Wait, and I've got I've got one more. <laughs> I've got one more that I want to ask you for, for the tally for next year. Okay, it just popped right. into my head. Right. We're just winging this pod. It's fun. We're winging it. The whole pod has been Who winged. is going to have the highest ownership come round one next year? Oh, that's a good one. That's a great. It's a good one. That's why I couldn't, I couldn't let you go on without it. I need a second to think about this. Can it, I put in my guess? Well, if you want. I'm submitting my guess as Brody Grundy, most owned player come round one next year. Interesting. All right. I'm. Oh, geez, it's tough. It's a tough one. I'm going to go Sam Flanders. Okay. All right. And even if there's injury carnage, doesn't matter. It stands. Yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe we should go like 
top five or like top three players because top one is hard. We could just go top one. If you yeah, want. let's just let's just lock it in. We right. ha- we'll do another episode next week if we <laughs> if we want to do some more. If we want to do updates. Yeah, we can think about it during the week. Updates, random. Add some more random predictions in to start yep. off next year. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps up the Cousins Crystal Ball for the year. If you've joined us for the ride, the Cousins Crystal Ball ride, thank you and thank you for witnessing the glory of Keebs. <laughs> <laughs> He's gloating again. Move on. No, it's time for fantasy proverbs. Fantasy Proverbs. All right, I'm going first. It's all about me. Fantasy Proverbs. And my <laughs> proverb is this. You've all heard the saying, all good things must come to an end. Well, I'm putting my own spin on it and saying, all bad things must come to an end. And that is what 2023 was for me, for you, for maybe a handful of our listeners. Hopefully not. We, we made it. It's the finish line. We're done. Celebrate. Yee. Yee-ha. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Just, just came. yee That was awesome. Just came to me. <laughs> yee We've got the giggles. We do have the giggles. But Terrific. yeah, we made it. And congratulations to everyone who, I almost said everyone who won a car. But just the <laughs> no, one. Congratulations to um, Wise Ocean Pods who won the car this year. Massive congratulations. That is just an incredible feat. Something when you're an 80, 90 year old man, you can literally tell people about, you can, you just, yeah. Congratulations, mate. It's a lifelong dream of mine. Yeah. It's what, and yours. It's what every coach plays for. We all envy that man this year. So congrats, massive congrats. Yep. Um, Congrats to everyone who won a hat, but yeah, we, you know, we've come to the end of it, but we're going to keep steamrolling ahead. We've got AFLW fantasy. We're already planning for, 2024 AFL Fantasy. We're actually going to release another podcast next week with a look ahead at next season. Some early, you know, calls, some early thoughts on players to target. It's going to be pretty relaxed and lighthearted, but we thought today's episode would be like a review of this season, but then we're going to get straight into thoughts for next season. But yeah, all bad things come to an end. Fair. I thought the way that you started that, I was like, you just, you've come in with the wrong energy, mate. You're supposed to lift us up, but you did in the end. You, you, you swung around. And you got there. and I It feel, wasn't meant to be gloomy. No, I, just I feel happy I'd now. I put a funny spin on, on a known saying. You achieved it. You achieved your goal successfully. But yeah, in terms of content, I think we've just enjoyed making the pods so much this year. Like as, as just a weekly thing that, yeah, we're keen to make some more content if we can instead of just packing up shop like, you know, a lot of people sort of expect most podcasts to do, I guess, when, when the end of the fantasy season comes. But yeah, if you if you haven't been listening, thank you. Just just quickly. Um, all right, I'll get into my proverbs. I've got two. Oh, that's why I said proverbs. One is in relation to AFLW fantasy that is starting this week, and the other one is just a, a, a season wrap up. But I'll get into the AFLW one first, and it's from the great man Joel Selwood. I heard it on that his episode of the Howie Games that I listened to throughout the week, and it's this: we got behind. And then the margin looks worse than it was because you try to win the game. He's talking about the grand final they lost. But what I gleaned from that Joel Selwood quote was this. You need to have a good start. It's important to have a good start in fantasy. It's so important because if you get behind, it's so hard to claw back the margin. As we saw this year, you get off on the wrong foot and you're done. But if you do get behind, you can't just be vanilla and make the trades that everyone else makes. That's no way to get ahead. You've got to swing for the fences, hit home runs. The people that brought in Tex this week, kudos. The people that brought in Isaac Smith this week, kudos. That's 
what you have to do to get back ahead of the eight ball. So just a two-parter there. In terms of AFLW fantasy, it's important to get off to a good start to play the game the right way. But if you don't get off to the start that you want, you've got to make big trades and you've got to try and hit home runs, especially in a game that is only 10 rounds. Imagine that. You get off you get off on the, on the wrong foot at AFLW fantasy, you have a bad two or three rounds. and You're basically almost cooked. So yeah, if you, if you do get off to a slow start, swing for the fences. But put in the time over the coming days to, to pick a good squad and you'll be rewarded with a good start. I thought that was a good one from Joel Seldon. What do you think? I like it. I love it. All right. What's next? The next one, I think it's a fitting way to, to sort of wrap up our season content for this year to sort of get past and say goodbye to the season that was 2024. And it's from the great man, Calvin DT, that we saw at the Traders Live event. And it's this. What is it really? It's fantasy footy. What does that mean? It means sometimes the game hurts, but don't let it sting you too much. It's a great game. We love the game. We play for the enjoyment. That's what we've all done this year. Don't take it too seriously. It's fantasy footy. Have fun. Enjoy the offseason. Come back. Refresh next year. We'll do it all again. It'll be a good time. It always is. It will be a good time. It's fantasy footy, cousin. Those are beautiful words. And thank you for inspiring me. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the 2023 season. I know I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, we appreciate you guys. It's been so much fun making all this content. We love you guys. I Normally, I say good luck for the next round, but bad luck. Bad luck for the next <laughs> round. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everyone does badly to start next year so, <laughs> so we can get hats. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, just, just echoing what you said. Thank you, everyone who's tuned in over the course of the year. It's been a, it's been a slog, but it's been just such an enjoyable process for us to start up our pod. Yeah. Um, be, I guess, fantasy entrepreneurs cuz. Yeah. It's been a great time. So yeah, yeah, anyone who's tuned in over the year, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you very much. We love you all. And don't forget to kiss your cousin. Do not forget it. It's vital. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin Kiss your cousin